They're going to put me in jail. Man, I'm already in jail. Don't they know that my life is just one big cell? And welcome, everyone, again to Thunderdome Metal Reviews. As always, I am Benjamin Lindsay, and with me is Cloaca Metal's Tracy Newport. And with us again this week is Thunderous Voices, Buck Thornton. How you doing out there, Buck? I'm doing well. It's good to be back. Great to have you back, man. How are you doing, Tracy? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. It's going along. Wonderful going day along. in Kentucky. Yeah, you're not killing chickens today, so that's good. A major benefit. Exactly. All right. So if you didn't catch it from that awesome quote unquote intro, today we are reviewing Anthrax's 1990 release, Persistence of Time. The band at the time was Scott Ian on guitar and backing vocals, Frank Bello on bass and backing vocals, Charlie Benate on drums, Joey Belladonna on vocals, and Dan Spitz on lead guitars, and also doing some backing vocals. So just about everybody in the band, except for Charlie, are doing backing vocals on this album. It has a runtime of, I don't know, because I didn't check that, uh, it looks like an hour and 24 seconds. There we go, an hour and 24 seconds runtime. And I'm it would be the... 58 minutes on Spotify. Yeah. According to Spotify, 58 minutes in. And we have, this is going to be the last album that will have Joey on it for 20 years, which is insane to think that I have been alive long enough for it to have been over 20 years since this album came out. So um, It's been 30 years since this album came out. I know, but it was 20 years in between his time and him recording this album, getting kicked out of the band and rejoining. I just want to make you feel older. <laughs> Mission accomplished. All right, so I'll throw it out there since I'm the the elder in the uh, Skype call, as it were. Um, what did you guys think? We'll let Buck go first, or if he's up for it, I can go. Oh, you can go first. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed this album, and we did Among the Living, was it a month ago, roughly? Roughly that. I enjoyed this album probably more than I did Among the Living. I feel like this one has a few more, I don't want to say more popular hits on it, but, but much more of their catchier songs with it. But I will say it has their most catchiest song on here with Get, Got the Time. That fucking thing gets stuck in your head immediately yeah, after you're hearing it. Cover. And it doesn't ever leave. Fuck but thoughts. I always appreciated the musicianship on this record quite a bit. Um, they definitely upped their game, kind of pulled a um, you know, Metallica and Justice for All sort of thing, playing a bit more technical, a bit more intricate, a bit more um, intelligent songs of metal. That being said, this record just never really, never really hit me over the hit me over the head like some of the older stuff. Never been able to get into it for whatever reason. Um, for me, this album was actually the first Anthrax album that I got really into. I'd heard some of the earlier stuff, and the albums were just inconsistent, in my opinion. Kind of like I talked about with Among the Living, there are a few really good songs on it, but I, the whole album itself I didn't care for. At the time that this came out in the 90s, um, it was the most complete Anthrax album, in my opinion. Um, like Buck said, the playing is phenomenal. It had a really catchy uh, song in Got the Time, the Joe Jackson cover, like Tracy said. But even that, the rest of the songwriting 
this album didn't have the filler that the other albums had up to this point. Like, for me, I feel like this album kind of is missing some of the kitschiness, in a sense, that Among the Living had with it. Like, I Am the Law, the Judge Dredge kind of, the song for it. It's not as much, here's our nerdism on point, but much more different take upon it. Yeah, um, I think that, and I don't know if that's what Bug meant about when he said it, but more mature. It sounds more mature in that it doesn't have that kitschiness. They're not out there full-on nerding out with comic book-related songs. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but this seems a much more, quote, serious, unquote, album than some of their earlier stuff had been. And you really see kind of their jokier, tongue-in-cheek, humorous songs relegated to the release that comes after this, Attack of the Killer Bees. Uh, one thing I've always struggled with this record is, and I hate, well, I hate these words struggle, but there's no standout on it. Very well, it's very consistent, but there's nothing that really, there's, there's, no, there's no track that really reach, reach out, reaches out and grabs you. Um, I'd say the exception of that would definitely be Got the Time, but it, I think contextually it doesn't really fit on the record as a whole. Um, yeah, I can kind of see that. I mean, it it did seem somewhat out of place, even though I don't know that it necessarily was. I guess since the album is Persistence of Time and they have like the um, stone clock with the skeletal arms and skulls and shit on the cover and the opening track is Time, that it kind of fits that theme that they're going with. But the entire album doesn't. So I can, I can see your point there. Yeah, it's a great album cover, though. I do love that. Yeah, the uh, the mirror clock where you have the, I guess, whatever's on the bottom of it awake, the black mirroring the top part of it adds a nice little mm-hmm. touch to it instead of it being empty. But I'll agree with Buck in the sense that this album does seem much more fluid in that one track leading to the another. There's not a very large drastic differentiation in sound between each of the songs. But you do, I think, still get some more standout works in this album with like got the time, keep it real time blood. Like, I feel like they do a pretty good job of differentiating enough while staying in the similar vein. Actually, I really like the first half of the album, um, time blood, keep it in the family in my world. Gridlock. I'm not a huge fan of, but then the, um, intro to reality, which is essentially a instrumental I thought was really good. Um, Belly of the Beast okay. Uh, Belly of the Beast is okay. Uh, got the Time, which, like you stated, was really, really good. The last three tracks, Hate Red and One Man Stands, Discharge, eh, those aren't my favorite. But I, I actually did think that the for the first six, seven album, or excuse me, the six, seven tracks of this album, that... Whether there's there's anything that really stands out there, I guess that's something that can be argued because, you know, I, I don't know that when I like, OK, because when we've done Among the Living, what I think of Among the Living, I definitely think, you know, Indians and I am the law. This album has more good tracks on it, but perhaps to the point that you both made, they don't stand out as much. Yeah, I would almost agree. I think it's part of that. um debate what makes a better album a bunch of great songs or a better like album as a whole and i feel like 
Among the Living has a bunch of great songs on it that really separated themselves from the others on the album that kind of pulled ahead. While this album, the album as a whole, from point A, from start to finish, is better than the songs in their individual sense. Um, anything you guys didn't like about it? It's too long. <laughs> I, I would kind of... An hour runtime for any metal album is, is pushing it, um, especially for a thrash metal record, and especially for a band like Anthrax. Um, kind of falling symptom to the Metallica syndrome of writing, putting too much on an album. I think if you would have cut a song or two off of this, it would have improved it quite a bit. I don't know what Mr. Progressive is going to think about that, Tracy. <laughs> I will agree, actually, in the sense of what Buck's talking about, because this album's an hour long, and everything really seems kind of to fit more cohesively, and it's all in a well-defined groove. But typically when you run into these longer albums of an hour, hour and a half or so, those albums typically have a lot more change and difference and dynamics throughout the album. So you're seeing it all like, so it all comes across that hour, but it's not the continuously, here's the same thing for an hour, it's something different. While this one, it's all so close together, it kind of, starts to feel like, okay, are uh, are we moving into something, some new territory soon? Is something going to change between this as opposed, you know, like Slayers, uh, Rain and Blood, that thing's 30 minutes long and start to finish while this one, but and it's all pretty much one specific sound, so it works, but here you have one specific sound, but it's kind of pushed more to the hour limit as opposed to kind of being more fluid and condensed. Cause about the 48, 50 minute mark, you're kind of like, okay, it does kind of start to wear on you. And even the four to five minute mark and seven minutes long songs like blood and keep it in the family. Yeah. Um, I can see the point that the two of you are making. Uh, I don't necessarily think that it's too long. I think that it's sequenced in a way that uh, – let me see how I want to phrase this. It's overloaded, uh, which might be another way of saying it is too long, but there's not really any break except for with Intro to Reality or Got the Time of really short, punchy tracks that separate these big, over-six-minute monsters that are all over the place. So there's not a whole lot of – the album flows real well, but there's not a whole lot of arrangement that separates these super long tracks from each other. Uh, I'll, I'll agree with that, because outside of Got the Time, Intro to Reality, you only have two other songs that are under five minutes, and then the rest are six and a half, seveners. So none of these are, I guess you could say, short, digestible, radio-friendly tracks outside of got the time really and it does and most of the shorter tracks are in the back end of the album while the first half the shortest track is five minutes and 17 seconds so it does kind of i don't say draws on but it because i don't necessarily feel like it drug and i was 
hating the, like, okay, I've still got five more minutes of this track here coming up, but it does take... Okay, I think I've lost my train of thought on that one. It led me to a thought that you might know. That was, that was a year old when this album came out. So I don't remember, but was this a commercial success? Like, how did this album do commercially? That is a great question. It's something I can't answer off the top of my head. I have no idea where it charted. I mean, I guess I could Google it up real quick. But I have a sense that amongst the metalheads that I hung out with and listened and was hanging with, that this album, for the most part, is our favorite Anthrax. Mm-hmm. So, Persistence of Time, highest position on the Billboard 200 chart was number 24, and it was certified gold on January 17th, 1991. Mm, so, about a year and a half for it to go gold. Yeah, but it seems to have taken a very good, you know, critical reception, at least, with Loudwire even ranking as the 25th best album on the top 90 albums of the 90s. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, it looks like until the next album, Sounds of White Noise, it was the highest charting album that they've ever had. So I, I guess that would mean it is the one with the most critical success. Yeah. Um, well, I think what I, well, I guess what I was saying about the first couple of chunks of it is that these songs aren't necessarily, you know, compact, easily digestible, and that you got to be with them for the long haul to really under to get their full, I guess you can say, flavor. Because, I mean, most of the guitar solos in these kick in about the five-minute point before the choruses sometimes aren't. You've got a couple of verses before the chorus. And so, like, these uh, first songs and the longer ones, you've got to kind of sit in and go along for the ride as opposed to you putting it on and you're meeting like, okay, I'm hooked, you know? Um, I would say that and I don't think it's too long, but recognizing those uh, critiques and the fact that I don't care for the last three tracks, I think if you cut those three tracks off, well, fuck, by then you're shortening it by 16 minutes, and you have just a solid slab of an album, but it doesn't overstay its welcome. I could get behind that. I mean, Discharge for me was a, a decent ending track, but I don't really think it would have fit well anywhere else in the album. And Hate Red just kind of came across as wonky sometimes. Yeah. So, um, what tracks did stuck out to you guys? Got the Time is my favorite. <laughs> By a long shot. I love that song. I love that cover. And then the first two I've always liked, Time and Blood. Uh, for me, Got the Time, and that's probably... I know when I've seen Anthrax live each time, that's always been the song they played that just kind of, it'd be a brain worm for the rest of the evening, regardless of who else is playing. Like, it just kind of just drills in and would hit you, like, on the drive home the next morning while you're laying in bed trying to sleep. But outside of that one, Keep It in the Family I really enjoyed, and Blood. Really the first three tracks. Time, Blood, and Keeping the Family Outside of Got the Time are probably my three favorites off of it. So I agree about Got the Time. Um, Frank Bellow's bank work, uh, bass work on that is so good. It really drives that, really touches to their more speed thrash, punkish 
um, roots that the band had. So I really appreciated it. Um, but really, I can't differentiate, and this is a good thing, I can't differentiate which is my favorite between Time, Blood, Keeping the Family, and In My World. I like all four of those tracks a lot. So I guess you can say for the first 30 minutes of the album, they really got their hooks into me. And the three I didn't like are the ones at the end, like I said, Hate Red, One Man Stance, Discharge, eh. I feel like for a lot of us, I think the last three minutes of them are probably the least favorite. I mean, hell, even the intro to reality and Belly the Beast really is one song itself because it just follows who seems into Belly the Beast. And Belly the Beast itself is a pretty solid song, and I think it was their third single off this album that they released. Oh, I couldn't tell you what any of the singles were. From when I looked at Wikipedia, I think it had Got the Time, In My World, and Belly of the Beast as the three singles. I wonder if they uh, edited them for radio play or if they just left them out there in another five-plus-minute glory. I don't know. I'm looking. Let's see. What it doesn't say. I wouldn't be surprised they edited. Well, Belly the Beast is only four minutes in my world. In my world, I can see them editing because it's six and a half. Belly the Beast is right at 4.48, so that's relatively radio-friendly time. And got the time. I mean, you don't want to edit that anymore, or else you wouldn't even have a song at that point. Oh yeah, I'm sure they didn't edit that at all because that so <laughs> under three minutes. The music video for In My World is is five minutes, so they edited a minute and a half or so out of it. We didn't even know they made that video until I just looked it up. <laughs> no, I don't think I did either. Yeah, <laughs> I remember the video for Got the Time, but I don't remember the any of the other videos off this album. Admit it, you didn't need to see the other videos. You were sold on Got the Time, and that's all you cared about. <laughs> I think I owned the album before I saw any of the videos, but I was already sold on this album. Yeah. yeah. Okay, gentlemen, let's grade this thing. Buck, you want to start us off? Or? I'll defer to you guys. Give me a minute to generate my uh, score. Okay. I'll, I guess I'll go first. For me... Even with some of the issues I had on length, I still feel like this album is probably on the better end of Anthrax releases. And I feel like this album is a solid B+. So I think that this album at the time was the pinnacle of what this lineup could do. I think the songwriting is fantastic, even if some of the songs are perhaps a bit too long. So I give this an A minus because this, for three years, was my favorite Anthrax album, and it's still uh, in my top five of Anthrax albums. It's just, you know, as we discussed in the Among the Living, I think that Joey, as a lead singer, has limitations. A lot of them self-enforced because he's trying to sing too much in the style of guys like Halford or Dickinson, and he just doesn't quite have the voice for it. So when he's pushing his register, isn't great, and that is the, the one complaint that I would have is his vocals. He doesn't do it as much on this album, uh, but until, spoiler alert, worship music comes out and he's not doing that at all this is the best that this lineup can do so for me this is an a minus 
Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. And, I mean, we talked about a little bit about it yesterday, about, you know, current Belladonna era, and there just seems to be a discussion of whether it's production values or whatever for their, or he's just kind of accepted his limitations as a singer, especially now at his older age, and is sticking with those during the recording process. And about how, like, you know, worship music and For All Kings seems are, like, you tell they're written by this same band, but you can see that there's a sense of maturity that has come with the time that was separated, the 20 years between, I guess you say, persists the time and worship music for the band as a whole. That means it's your turn, but Yeah, no, <laughs> I'm having trouble deciding on score here. Um, as an objective reviewer of music, my heart... My mind tells me to give this an A minus. Um, it's a band at the top of their game, creatively, musically, just sonically in general. Um, so I, I'm erring on the side of giving it an A minus, ignoring some of my own biases towards it, respecting it for what it is. Um, I think for a personal score, I'm going to go for a B, mostly predominantly due to its length and some of the song lengths. I think it just it's, it's just a little too long for what it is. Um, that being said, I do have massive respect for this for this album and the and the band behind it. So. Well, Buck, I got some good news for you. What we're doing is entirely subjective, and you can give it a B if you want, because it's how you <laughs> <I know>. feel. <laughs> yeah, um, I like that. I just it seemed right to do it a little bit objectively and subjectively. So. Yeah, I try to be as subjective as I can, but a lot of it boils down to subjective. And I was such a fan of this. At the time, I probably am giving it maybe half a grade more than it really deserves, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> oh, I mean, I'm putting this on my like pile spin cycle list that I'm going to listen to forever until I die. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's worthy enough to hit that list, so I'm fine with it. This is an album that I'm going to go through and just kind of pick particular songs off of, put them on a playlist, and just never listen to the whole album again. I'll probably listen to this from start to finish repeatedly from now on. Really? Well... Okay. Yeah. Uh, I like this album, and I don't know that I'd do that. I mean, I'd probably just... <laughs> uh, as a matter of fact, I, ha- I know I won't, because uh, this is the first time in prepping for this episode that I've listened to this whole album in at least 15 years. But I do pull uh, out of those first five tracks, I do pull out of those a lot to listen to. So despite the fact that I gave this the, a really high grade as an album, and I do think it is a solid album... To me, it is more the individual tracks that I listen to as opposed to the album. As I will always say, go listen to the album as a whole the first time through, because I do think it was constructed as such. But when it comes down to it, I very rarely listen to the entire album. Yeah, I think every self-claimed metal fan should at least listen to this. Like, If you want to know like the history of the Big Four, and you were to pick only a couple albums for each band, I feel like this album is one of the ones, like between this and Among the Living, I think are what you need to pick for Belladonna era Thransax Anthrax the first go around. <laughs> um, I think you can probably leave Among the Living off, in my opinion, and go with this. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, it's got some good songs on it, but it's an entire album. I'm just not uh, so. I actually think that both Worship Music and uh, For All Kings are better than Among the Living. Well, I said Belladonna first round. I was giving that separation there because Anthrax uh, as a band is entirely different, I believe, from this to then because I think the John Bush area is really 
changed them and they in how they evolved as music writers as a whole as well. Well, I mean, you would hope that the intervening twenty years you would evolve some, so I guess that's fair. All right, man. So what are we doing next week? Next, or actually later this week. What are we doing on the next episode? <laughs> the, the next episode we're doing, we are going. I don't think we've ever done any new wave of British heavy metal full on. We have not. So we're. I think we're taking our first stab at it, and we are doing Judas Priest, British Steel. Going way back to 1980 and pulling out in what is considered one of their best albums, and we will discuss that. Buck will be joining us again. Um, until then, I thank you all for tuning in and giving Thunderdome Metal Reviews a listen, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>